Lord Jesus, teach us what it means to stand firm in the faith, for you are indeed our mighty fortress. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please be seated. Grace to you and peace from the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we are finishing the sermon series that we've entitled, From Failure to Faithfulness, Lessons from the Life of Peter. And today's theme is, Stand Firm in the Faith. I'd like you to imagine for a moment that you are out taking a hike through the woods and then suddenly you cross paths with this fella. Mm, that would be a little intimidating, wouldn't it? Now, I don't really think we see those in Arizona, but we have mountain lions in different parts of the state, but nevertheless... I wouldn't want to cross paths with that guy at all. When I was uh, growing up, there was a song that was rather popular on the radio, and the lyrics went like this, at least the opening lyrics, and maybe you'll recognize the song. In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. Remember that one? In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. Right. Well, while it is true that most lions do sleep from time to time, in our sermon text for this morning from 1 Peter chapter 5, the Apostle Peter speaks of a lion that never snoozes, never sleeps. And this lion has been devouring unsuspecting prey almost from the beginning of time. And he remains on the prowl to this day. Listen to what Peter says about this lion who never sleeps. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Wow, those are pretty daunting words. You know, it doesn't take very much to realize that there is evil in the world. Put on your evening news for five minutes, you probably discover there's evil out there in the world. And Peter, in our text for this morning, exposes the source of all evil. It is the one known as the devil, given the name Satan, the liar, the father of lies. And I think many people live either unaware of or in absolute denial of the reality of Satan. Or at most, maybe they picture him something like a cartoon character in red tights, maybe something akin to the ASU mascot, which puts a smile on your face, of course. But the reality is, friends, that what we're talking about here and what Peter is addressing in the, in the text is far more serious and dangerous than any of that. We need to understand that Satan, God's arch enemy, is out to destroy everything and everyone associated with God and the truth. The devil knows he's already defeated, and he is going to do everything in his power to drag as many people down into hell with him 
as he can while he still has time. He knows his time is short, it's limited. It will end the day Jesus returns, but in the meantime, he's on the prowl, looking for someone to devour. And so Peter, in this letter, challenges his readers, including you and me, to be lion alert, if you will. We need to be lion alert so we don't become lion dessert, right? Let's be lion alert. He's real. He's out there, and he's working, prowling around. In verse 9 of the text, Peter says, Resist him, standing firm in the faith. So our theme today is, is stand firm in the faith. You know, Peter himself learned all of these faith lessons we've been going over these last few weeks. He learned these lessons the hard way through all the mistakes and failures on his own part. He went from failure to faithfulness. Remember some of his failures. He, he denied even knowing Jesus three times. And yet our Lord restored him who was a failure into one who was greatly faithful and boldly proclaimed the truth of the gospel, who boldly stood firm in the faith in the face of opposition. And so he knows from whence he writes. And he's saying to you and to me, stand firm in the faith. Now, how do we do that? Well, in the rest of this text, he gives us some insights on how to stand firm in the faith. And the first thing he says is, humble yourself under God's mighty hand. Humble yourself. You know, sometimes we try to do things simply on our own power, our own creativeness, our own cleverness. And we try to do things in our own way. And then we wonder why our anxiety level is so high. In 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7, he writes, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. We need to humble ourselves under God's mighty hand, under the one who truly does care about us. You know, one of the devil's uh, tricks, among many others, is to use our concerns, our cares, our anxieties that we experience, to use those as kind of a diversion to lead us away from God and His love for us. Satan would like to do nothing better than to plant seeds of doubt in our mind and our hearts, to drive a wedge between us and our God, to try to cause us to fall away from the faith. And so Peter rightly reminds us to humble ourselves under God's mighty hand that he may lift us up in due time. Humility is a powerful weapon. If you think about it, when, if you humble yourself before someone else, essentially you are putting your trust in that other person. You're humbling yourself to trust that they are going to have your back, that they will always have your best interest. Peter challenges us to humble ourselves under God's mighty hand, for he's the one who truly cares for us in all circumstances. Now, I need to say, as we go about casting our cares on God, 
It's also important that we not get lackadaisical and careless about the fact that there still is danger out there. We don't want to become careless and think that the lion is no longer on the prowl, that the danger of attack has passed. In fact, the opposite is true. Brings us to a second insight from Peter's letter. He says, be self-controlled and alert. If we want to stand firm in the faith, we need to be self-controlled and alert. And he uses those phrases in the present tense. Now, in the, the New Testament Greek language, when you use the present tense, it indicates a continuous action. So he's essentially saying, continuously be self-controlled and continue to stay alert every day over the fact that an enemy is prowling around seeking to destroy you. Friends, it means we need to recognize that we are truly in spiritual warfare. It's going on around us all the time, many of it invisible to us. A spiritual battle is taking place all the time. It's the same battle St. Paul warned the Ephesians about and told them to put on the armor of God to fight this spiritual battle against, not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of darkness. Yes, the battle is real. This is Memorial Day weekend, a weekend where we remember honorably those brave warriors, men and women who laid down their life for the sake of our freedoms, who fought a real battle against a real enemy. Well, friends, you and I are in a real battle with a very real enemy, and the stakes are even higher. And so Peter writes, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. Because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. How true that is, huh? We see our brothers and sisters in Christ persecuted for their faith and yet standing firm. We're reminded by Martin Luther that it's actually three enemies we're fighting, not just one. In his catechism, he explains to us that we, we fight against the devil but also against the world around us, that is, that part of the world around us that wants to influence us toward what is wrong. And the third enemy, our own sinful nature, that self-centered part of us that wants to rebel against the things of God. We fight against all three of those enemies, and the devil would love to ally himself, partner himself with our sinful nature to bring us down. All the more reason then, Peter says, be self-controlled and alert. I think a part of being self-controlled is to basically have a clear head. That is, to be making sure that we're thinking about the right things. To remove anything from our minds that would hamper good judgment as we live out our daily life. You know, it means that uh, the things we put into our mind is important. You've heard that phrase, garbage in, garbage out. Well, if we put garbage into our mind, 
why wouldn't we expect that some garbage is going to come out in our life? We need to be mindful of what we put into our mind. For example, if we feed our mind with lustful thoughts, then it's going to make it much more difficult to resist sexual temptation toward dishonoring God with our bodies. If we feed our minds with materialistic thoughts, always focusing on the things we can get for ourselves, it makes it much harder to freely offer the first fruits of our blessings to God who gave them because we're always wanting for ourselves. Or if we're filling our minds simply with our own selfish pride, then we're going to tend to put other people down in order to make ourselves look better. And that never ends in a pretty way. I like something Martin Luther said. He said, the devil climbs over the fence where it is the lowest. Where is your fence the lowest? That is, where are your areas of weakness in your life and in your soul? That's where the devil's going to attack. All the more reason, friends, why we, we dare not allow our weak areas to be exposed to the strong temptations of the evil one. We dare not put ourselves at risk by putting ourselves into situations where suddenly temptation is overpowering for us. For example, if you have a problem with gambling, stay away from the casinos. Don't put yourself into that situation. Whatever your weakness is, don't put yourself into a risky scenario where the devil can have a greater chance at leading you astray. How do we stand firm in the faith? Well, some of the other writers of the New Testament help us out. James, the brother of Jesus, writes this in his letter, gives us some encouraging words. He says, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Interesting, huh? Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. In other words, Satan and his evil compadres do not have absolute sway over us who are in Christ because we have Jesus within us. We have a strength to be able to resist the devil and his temptations. And he will run away from us who are strong in Christ because he wants to find the weak prey. That's where he will go next. We need to stand firm in the faith. St. John also gives us some encouraging words in his first letter in chapter 4. He says, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, that is, evil deceptions, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. The one who is in you is greater than the devil who's out in the world. Who is the one who is in you? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, God himself, who came and took up residence in your heart and life beginning the day of your baptism, beginning the day you first came to faith, whenever that was. The Holy Spirit took residence within you, and now you have Him living in you. And He is the third person of the Godhead. God, the Holy Spirit, lives in you, and He is far greater, far stronger than the devil who is merely a fallen angel. 
how encouraging it is to know that the Holy Spirit gives us strength from within. And to help us stand firm in the faith, we need to be in those places where the Holy Spirit is actively working, namely in the sacraments, but also in the Word. We need to stand firm in the faith by standing firmly in God's Word. 500 years ago, on October 31st, 1517, Martin Luther stood firm in the faith as he posted his 95 theses on the church door in Wittenberg, Germany, opposing the false teachings that he was observing in the church of his day. As you're probably aware, this Thursday, uh, our group of 14 from Shepherd of the Desert will be traveling to Germany. On Saturday, we'll, we'll be worshiping in Wittenberg in one of the two churches where Martin Luther preached. We will see the place where he nailed his 95 theses. And we'll be reminded how he stood firm in the faith in the face of opposition. And he based the foundation of his faith on the Word of God. Out of the Reformation came these three famous phrases, grace alone, faith alone, scripture alone. That is, we are saved by God's grace alone, through faith in Jesus alone, on the firm foundation of God's word alone. And likewise, that is your and my strength as well. It means, friends, that we need to be regularly in this word. We need to do private, personal Bible study and reading. We need to ideally be in a group of other Christians where we can learn from each other as we grow deeper in our faith walk through the study of the Bible. A few moments ago, we sang the battle hymn of the Reformation. Martin Luther's, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. The words of that hymn remind us of another way in which we stand firm in the faith, and that is to rely on on the God of all grace. For he is our mighty fortress when we are weak. This is what St. Peter says in the last part of our text. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Did you catch it? the God of all grace. It's the grace of God that sustains us. Grace, again, is simply God's undeserved love for us. Somebody once said that the word grace, if you take it as an acronym, could stand for God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. At the expense of Jesus' life on the cross, we receive the riches of heaven, the riches of forgiveness and eternal life. What greater gift could there be? And God's grace, you see, is what sustains us in the battle. For it's what restores us when we have fallen and failed. It certainly is what restored Peter. Remember, Peter even denied Jesus, but the Lord Jesus restored him by grace. He forgave his sins. And likewise, friends, for you and me, we've all failed in some way or another. 
We have all failed to live the way God wants us to live. And yet by grace, we've been restored through faith in Jesus Christ. And the grace of God was demonstrated most clearly at a a cross on a hill just outside of Jerusalem. At Mount Calvary where Jesus Christ gave his life as the payment for your sins and mine. There, our forgiveness was guaranteed. There, the devil was defeated. And when Jesus rose from the dead, victory was given to you and to me who believe in him. But in the meantime, let's be real. The devil is indeed still on the prowl. Martin Luther is also famous for saying, where God builds a cathedral, there Satan builds a chapel. Yes, he's still on the prowl. He even tries to work within the church to cause division and rancor and ultimately to lead some astray. Friends, I want to encourage all of us to stand firm in the faith, the faith handed down to us from our Lord Jesus Christ. Stand firm in the faith, first of all, by humbling yourself under God's mighty hand, knowing he will provide for all your needs and your cares. Secondly, be self-controlled and alert, recognizing there is warfare going on, but we have the victory in Christ. And third, rely on the God of all grace, knowing that by grace we truly can stand. May God empower you to stand firm in the faith for the sake of Jesus and the gospel. Amen.